You are listening to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. This is Michael Lichens with you once more during this beautiful summer day. I'm sure many of you are out there. If you're like me here in Denver, you're enjoying the sunshine, maybe planning a pilgrimage, whatever it is you're doing. And today we'll be talking about someone who did little pilgrimages each and every day of his life. That would be Cardinal Egan, the late Cardinal of New York City. And we'll be talking his book, Practice for Heaven, True Stories from a Modern Missionary. And I'm here with the late Cardinal's editor, uh, sorry, Dr. Joe McClear. Joe here has put together this wonderful book, and it is a joy to read if you have not had a chance to read it. Critics are already raving about it. We've gotten endorsements from everyone you can think of, and it is a joy of a book. So, Joe, thank you so much for joining us on the Catholic Exchange Podcast, and welcome. Thank you, Michael. Pleasure to be with you. It's our pleasure as well. So to start us out, can you tell us how this little book came about? Sure. I worked for Cardinal Egan when he was the bishop of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, way back in 1998. He hired me as the first lay director of communications and editor of the diocesan newspaper, the Fairfield County Catholic. Mm -hmm. We worked closely together for two years until he was, to the surprise of many, elevated to the Archdiocese of New York and eventually uh, received a red hat as a prince of the church. So we maintained, we kept kind of in sporadic contact over the years. He would occasionally ask me for copies of articles and such. And Mm -hmm. about a year before he died, I received a phone call and it was that voice on the other end. Those of you who knew Cardinal Egan Uh, had ever heard him preach or had met him, knew that he had the most remarkable voice. It was a kind of booming baritone. Yes. And physically, he was a large man. So he was an imposing presence, but the voice that a Catholic school school student once said sounded like the voice of God. (laughs) But that voice said that he finally had decided after years of people asking to do so, he decided he wanted to do a book. And he thought that a a very good and interesting book could be um, published from his many columns that he had written over the years for the two diocesan newspapers that he was publisher of, the Fairfield County Catholic in Bridgeport, and of course Catholic New York in, in New York City. Mm-hmm. So the the process began. Um, the Cardinal had about 250 columns over the years, so he decided to pull 50. 50 sounded like a good number, and he mm-hmm. asked if I would help him with the the editing process. And Cardinal Egan was probably the smartest man I've ever met. He mm-hmm. very learned, very erudite, and took the craft of writing very seriously. So we began to meet every week at his residence. Um, he was now retired as Archbishop, succeeded by mm-hmm. Cardinal Timothy Dolan. And we would sit across from each other at a desk, and he, we would begin, he would read aloud um, 
the column. And, of course, if you're revisiting something that you had written 20 years before, you would naturally want to tweak it and update it. And he was meticulous when it came to punctuation and grammar. He would often pause and, and call on his two loyal friends, Webster, meaning the dictionary, and <laughs> Roger, meaning the thesaurus. So oh. it was just a delightful process, um, um, back and forth. And at the time of his unexpected death a year ago, we had completed about half of the uh, the project. And I decided from a few notes the Cardinal had left and discussions we had to finish the book and in his memory and to to leave a legacy for him. Very good. And uh, the title, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, is Practice for Heaven. And, of course, we have the subtitle, True Stories from a Modern Missionary. Were those titles that the Cardinal had given, or was that something that you got from his writings particularly? The Cardinal originally wanted to call the book 50 Articles of Faith. But I thought, in the end, it was a little dry. It sounded a little Martin Lutherish in, in a way. <laughs> so I thought that the title of one of his um, columns, which is actually the first one in the published book, is called mm -hmm. Heaven Practice. And to me, it really sums up um, the um, the purpose of the book, the underwriting um, philosophy, mm -hmm. and that is, in a word, evangelization. And Cardinal Egan was, um, at heart, an old-fashioned Irish storyteller. He yes. was a terrific preacher, terrific writer. He would draw you in with a story, a compelling story, and before you knew it, you were also receiving a great catechetical lesson. And this particular story, which from which we got the title for the book, um, is typical. He recalls an incident from his youth. He was 17 years old, and he was a camp counselor at a Catholic boys' camp in Oostburg, mm -hmm. Wisconsin. And he says it was a typical day, and it was lunchtime, and the boys are very rowdy and rambunctious as boys will be, and the camp director, a tall, stern priest called Father Cass, a Polish priest, came in and he told the counselors, there's far too much you know, noise going on, settle down, settle down. And as he turned to leave, one little boy had the temerity to ask him a question. And he hmm. said, Father, why do you celebrate Mass every day, we only go on Sundays. So as Cardinal Egan described it, uh, the priest sort of turned around and made sure he had the attention of every boy in the room and began his explanation. And namely, he said that I expect one day to be in heaven where I'll be in the presence of our Lord all the time. But until then, the closest I can get to that feeling, that experience, is by celebrating Mass and being present with our Lord on the altar in the form of the Eucharist. So he said, I'm going to um, celebrate Mass as often as I can because that is my practice for getting into heaven. 
And the Cardinal recalls uh-huh. that the boys were absolutely kind of thunderstruck because they knew what baseball practice was. They knew what choir practice was. They now realize that going to Mass was heaven practice. <laughs> and the real gift of Cardinal Egan was that he knew how to close a story, how to end on a high note. So he flashes forward 20 years. He's on the streets of Chicago. He's Father Egan. A young man and his wife and two small kids come up to him and recognize him and say, do you know who I am? And the Cardinal didn't. And he said, I'll give you a hint. My family and I are going off to heaven practice. It was the same boy who had asked the question in camp 20 years before. It, you know, it's just an incredible wow. story. And, you know, people may hear that and think, oh, this is so old fashioned. This is so corny in a way. But you know what? The old fashioned ways of evangelizing work. And, you know, we could Mm -hmm. use a dose of corn now and then. But this story is typical of um, Cardinal Egan, in spite of the many lofty positions he held in the Catholic Church. This is a man who knew and worked with seven popes. He never Mm -hmm. lost sight of the fundamental purpose of a priest, and that is to teach the faith. And any opportunity he had to engage with um, either someone in the church or outside of the church to share his love and joy for our Lord and the the institution of the Catholic Church, he took that opportunity. And you'll read about his many travels, his many encounters, both within the United States and overseas in the many stories in this book. Yes, and one of my favorite stories is someone who used to listen to heavy metal was when the Cardinal was able to get a music store clerk to sell him heavy metal music. <laughs> I won't lie, that's a great story. You know, the, the Cardinal was a cultured man, having spent so many mm-hmm. years in Rome, and he was fond of classical music and opera. Heavy metal was completely foreign to him, but he heard that young people are beginning to be obsessed with it. What's it all about? He went into a music store in Manhattan and had a list, and the young attendant was just kind of dumbstruck and said, you really don't want these. <laughs> and said, no, I have to, because they had all the warning labels on them and stuff. And sure. then the cardinal proceeds and, and, you know, as a service to his readers, was just kind of revealing if there are any parents out there that are unaware, this is what your kids may be listening to, and herein lie the dangers. He was not afraid to engage the the culture. Mm-hmm. And that was something that's very clear also from his life and also from the work in this book. I think many people knew he was very engaging. He was always doing press meetings and interviews. But it was amazing to hear the little stories, at least from my end, you know, whether it's talking to pagans and getting them to pray with him or asking, was it a bellhop or a hotel manager to read St. Francis de Sales? It was a hotel manager in Paris. Ah, who Paris, oh, okay. In, in Paris, he was there right after ordination with, with his parents. And um, the hotel manager and his wife were very solicitous, but, you know, saw a newly ordained priest and, you know, 
felt uncomfortable and embarrassed that they, they weren't going to church anymore, obviously a guilty conscience. And the young Father Egan um, put a book in, in his hands, and it, it, it changed this man's life. And that, that's what he did. In, on a visit to China, he accepted an invitation and found himself in a car going miles outside of the city to someone's home where he faced a group of kind of 20 Chinese who were firing questions at him about who, what is God and who is the Pope and what is the church and what is everlasting life. And mm-hmm. he jumped right in. That 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 was his that was his way. He um, for uh, a man, as I say, who um, held very important positions uh, in Rome as well as in dioceses in Chicago and New York. He he had the common touch, and people remembered his preaching, remembered his writings, and I think that this book will remind not only people who encountered him, but those who haven't, of what a, what a gift uh, this this priest had. Oh, he very much did have that gift, absolutely. And of these stories, I'm curious to know, which of these uh, do you think is, like, just really sums up the cardinal, the late cardinal's life and his legacy? Well, it, it, it's hard to choose one oh, yes. over the other because they're... Um, they all contain that thread of evangelization, mm-hmm. but there's also a, an, a humility that runs through. He tells a story about an encounter with Mother Teresa. Um, mm-hmm. He was celebrating Mass, and Mother Teresa and her missionaries of charity were in the front row, and a man bursts into the church. He's bleeding. He's screaming, um, what do I do? What do I do? And the, the Cardinal freely admits, you know, he was um, alarmed as to what he should do. Everyone just stopped. And he then watched um, Mother Teresa spring into action, lead the man into the sacristy. And from what someone called her magic, um, managed to calm this man and comfort him. And he was just so impressed by that simple act of, of, of charity and love. Mm-hmm. Uh, similarly, the cardinal uh, was stricken with polio when he was eight years old. He and his brother together, uh, growing up in Chicago, and for two mm-hmm. years, he could not lift his head off the pillow. He was bedridden. And oh he took from that profound experience, I mean, imagine being eight years old. He took from that, he said he acquired not only a kind of um, a perseverance and a determination to um, um, to succeed, but also an overwhelming um, compassion for um, the sick and and the disabled and those who have no one to speak for them. And there are several stories in in this book in which the cardinal talks about uh, respect life issues, about um, the, the disabled and um, the frail elderly and mm-hmm. those who are so easily forgotten in this kind of whirlwind um, life that, 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 that we all lead.
Certainly. And with speaking of uh, the Good Cardinals legacy, I understand that a lot of the proceeds of from this book are going to support seminaries and vocations that the Cardinal had a special place in his heart. Is that correct? Yes, 100% of the proceeds from the sale of Practice for Heaven will go to St. Joseph's Seminary, which is the seminary of the Archdiocese of New York. Uh, mm-hmm. The Cardinal was passionately committed to vocations, to the priesthood and religious life. So it's nice to think that this this book will will leave a legacy in, in, in that direction. Absolutely, and legacy certainly has left. Now to switch gears a little bit, I'm curious how other people have responded to these stories. I know I thoroughly enjoyed them. I always enjoy hearing the true tales of priests going out into the world, but how have people responded so far, as far as you can tell, to hearing about Cardinal Egan's stories and his practice for heaven? Really, really two things. One is tremendous um, happiness and nostalgia for those who knew him, heard his preaching, mm-hmm. his writing. They're, they they feel it, what a cherished possession to have now in book form. To This is a book to pick up or put down, to read straight through. This is a book for young people, for parents, for newlyweds, for older people, for Catholics in the pews, for Catholics who want to learn more about their faith, for Catholics who mm-hmm. drifted away from their faith. I mean, there really is something for everyone um, in in this book. Those who did not know Cardinal Egan are, or had maybe heard of him and maybe had an impression of a kind of, um, you know, old school kind of aloof person, are are really touched by the humanity and the compassion on these pages. And as I said before, the the common touch. Um, Cardinal Egan had that gift of speaking directly to you, even if he was preaching from the pulpit of St. Patrick's Cathedral and you were in the sort of third pew from the back, you felt like he was looking directly at you and reaching Mm -hmm. you with his words and the way he um, evoked scripture and the way he brought scripture to life and the way he could relate a story from his own life or talk about a contemporary issue, you he was able to make a personal connection. And that's what people are discovering when they pick up this book. It's, it's almost a revelation to them that um, the eloquence of a man who, in spite of his um, privileged upbringing and incredible um, career throughout um, throughout the, the, the institution of the church has this kind of personal um, touch so I'm I'm delighted because um, I'm hoping that people outside of say the northeastern United States who may not have experienced this man's gifts will, will really come to to know what what a treasure he was Certainly, I hope so as well. And a final question as we wrap up here. Where does this book fit in with the Cardinal's legacy and all, all the missionary work that he had done? I think the, I think this book um, sums up um, his life as as a priest. 
You know, he rose to become a prince of the church, a cardinal, and yet he fundamentally, in the core of his being, was a parish priest. And again, the mission of a priest is to teach the faith, and in that sense, he was a, a missionary. His favorite saint was St. Paul, I think for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, wherever he traveled, whether it be the streets of Manhattan, as you'll read, whether he is in South America or Europe or China, um, he engaged with people. He mm-hmm. sought every opportunity um, as a priest to impart um, the faith to bring our Lord to to others. And in that sense, he um, he is a great example for, I think, all priests today, certainly all, all bishops today. Um, he also did not, he never sought the limelight for himself. He was not a sort of spotlight bishop. He had his own sort of quiet way um, of working. Um, he might in fact, have even been a little embarrassed had he lived at the attention that this book is getting. But um, <laughs> such was such was his humility. Um, I'm I'm delighted that Sophia Institute Press has published this book. You've done a marvelous job, and I really feel that it's going to do a lot of good and bring a lot of graces to a lot of people and you know what a wonderful legacy for one of the great um churchmen of of, of the US absolutely and that book's available at sophiainstitute.com also available in your local catholic bookstore so anyone who is thinking about picking this up i highly recommend it it comes in paperback and ebook and it's truly a delightful little book. Uh, one of my favorite things about it is how short the stories are, that you can read them straight through if you'd like, or you can honestly just read one here or there on the train, whatever your day happens to be. So it's a perfect book for that. And with that, Joe, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on here, introducing us a little bit about the book and telling us about it, and really all the work you've done for Cardinal Egan's Legacy. that You have done so much and have gone above and beyond it's a joy to see and to really get this into the hands of so many folks thank you thank you michael pleasure talking with you (laughs) it's our pleasure as well once again this is michael litchens with the catholic exchange podcast if you have any questions or want to know more about this book you can email me editor at catholicexchange.com we'll have this book available on the website and also at sophiainstitute.com your local catholic bookstore will have it as well And also, we'll be available in Barnes & Noble and bookstores throughout the United States. So pick it up, enjoy it, let me know your comments, I'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, God love you, have a wonderful week.